Welcome, friends, to Picard, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Bonjour, Pete. Bonjour, Matt. Bonjour, listeners. Here today to talk to you about the Star Trek Picard teaser trailer and some ancillary items over the last week or so. Pete, the teaser trailer, of course, short on tons of footage, and I think one could reasonably assume there may be uh, shots in there that will not end up in the final cut of the episode, maybe not even intended for the episode, but certainly the first glimpse uh, that we have gotten, and uh, Pete, a wine theme throughout much of this uh, teaser trailer. Yes, I mean, that they're immediately playing with the iconic idea that Picard went back to the vineyard, that he's uh, making the uh, Chateau Picard wine in Burgundy. I I love just the, the simple inclusion of the hover water droid thing whatever just to help us know this is taking place in the future uh but dare i say this was reverently crafted it certainly was and you know it's funny pete seeing that bottle of picard wine it took me back to a very specific memory and one that was probably the one that probably has been improperly etched in my brain I remember seeing Star Trek Generations on opening night. And of course, you know, Pete, in these Earther parts, you don't use Picard wine to to send a ship off. You, of course, use a bottle of Dom Perignon. But in my hyper-focused Star Trek existence, when Generations came out, oh, look, it is a bottle. Picard wine, it must be. And then immediately it's like, well, this isn't right. Um, and again, I, I understand now as an adult how that's... You know, of course it was Dom Perignon, but to see the bottle of Picard wine, it was just took me back to this moment of, hey, I've been waiting for Picard wine to show up on screen since I first saw that bottle spinning through space, landing on the Enterprise B. And I don't know, there was some sort of weird teenage me justice given there that just added to the whole experience. Well, remember, your your time frame is off. It's not as if that wine wasn't produced back then, but it would have been Picard's ancestors. And don't think they would have been, uh, you know, doing that on Starfleet christenings just yet. We did actually, Matt, in 2002, in a deleted scene for uh, the fairly abysmal Star Trek nemesis, get Chateau Picard on screen. That, well, Pete, yeah, certainly an imperfect movie and uh, one, and we'll circle around to this notion again in a little bit, but one where the cast found out that it was the final movie when they saw the poster that had the tagline, something to the effect of uh, a generation's journey comes to an end or something like that. And uh, yes, an imperfect movie by, by, by all accounts. But, uh, yeah, here we are with Picard making wine, only appearing in the one scene. I think in that one image, they kind of lean into the fact that years have gone by and Patrick Stewart looks older and, you know, they're embracing it as opposed to 
let's say, you know, uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, where we're going to pretend only a couple of years have gone by, even though they haven't. And you've seen a lot in the little bit of time since this teaser, the comparison to him in All Good Things in the Star Trek The Next Generation series finale, aged and on the vineyard and him now, all the more evidence that uh, Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, is a time traveler (laughs) or a vampire. Well, or a time traveling vampire. Pete, certainly Patrick Stewart has been living the good life, the healthy life to the point as well, Pete, I think most people would not judge him harshly at all uh, for the fact that uh, his, his, uh, his wife is a tad younger than him. He's 78. Uh, Sonny Ozell, Lady Stewart, uh, being, uh, just recently having turned, uh, to the, the 40th year of her, of her time on this earth. Um, Pete, he's a happy-go-lucky guy. He loves hanging out, living in Brooklyn. Now he's in, you know, Cali, making a TV show and looking healthy, looking strong, looking great. I say this as a fully heterosexual man, 43 years old. I would marry Sir Patrick Stewart. Uh, <laughs> indeed, Pete, indeed. Um, the last little bit I want to hit on from the trailer here is the trailer's tagline, the end is only the beginning, a, I think that kind of sets up expectations properly in terms of this is not going to be the Admiral Picard adventures where he gets on board the brand new Enterprise F and says, let's see what's out there, other number one. Like it really is setting up a different <laughs> number one A. One A. It's setting up a different kind of story. And to tie it back to that, uh, the, to that poster for the last next generation movie, probably not an intentional crossover, but again, in my mind to go from a generation's final journey, you know, saying the end of star Trek, the next generation as a movie thing to all these years later, the end is only the beginning as we get ready for new star Trek, the next generation type stories. You know, we had recorded a podcast the day before this came out. So of course it came out the next day, But, you know, they could have just left it at this pastoral, placid, uh, you know, wine making setting and just said it's coming. You know, you've seen the poster too, the the uh, the grapes, uh, the um, grape bushes. I don't know. I'm not a vineyard guy. The Um, the grape vines, Pete. Grape vines. There you go. Uh, They're arranged in the Starfleet Delta. Really, really clever and cute way to do that. But they immediately set about helping you to understand some conflict that um, that we even got a rank. I didn't expect we'd even get a rank for Picard there, but that he ascended to Admiral, that he left, that he's left Starfleet, that something made him leave. This after the greatest rescue armada in history. Gotta be rescuing uh, Romulus and Remus, right, Matt? Certainly that is the assumption. and I think that that much has been floated by the people involved with the show that it's kind of in the, maybe not in the immediate aftermath, but that being the big, the big uh, galactic event uh, that has defined people's lives in the last, you know, 20 years or so. It's been that, that shift, not just in kind of uh, lives, but also, you know, the power of the Romulan star empire and so forth. And, 
Picard presumably dealing with the aftermath on some personal level, one would assume. Right. So did he did he lose ships? Did he lose people? Somebody close to him, perhaps? Let's just set the stage, too, so there's full understanding if somebody's coming to this raw, uninitiated, as opposed to somebody who knows the events of Star Trek 2009. Uh, there was a star. The star has since received a name uh, in comic book and also in video game form of uh, Hobus that went supernova. And Ambassador Spock was tabbed with the experimental red matter of uh, preventing that. Unfortunately, the destruction of Romulus uh, happened before he was able to uh, essentially shut the door, which sent him to the um, Kelvin universe, which is usually where uh, some Kelvin truther loses their mind. There's actually a guy, Matt, on Twitter by the name, by the handle of Kelvin truther who has uh, at me a couple times, and it's always a poorly punctuated, misspelled mess, and it's not much of a conversation. Well, if nothing else, Pete, it is a great reminder that, uh, you know, Star Trek dojo master Alex Kurtzman uh, was involved in the production of Star Trek 2009 and for as much as there's the tempest in the Earl Grey teapot if you will of you know Kelvin timeline you know basically aside from those few people you know just looking to stir the pot and get clicks sent their way you know it's clear enough whether you like the Kelvin movies or not it's clear enough that the 24th century portion of Star Trek 2009 that's a continuation of the same Star Trek story that there's been continuous since 1966 and, uh, and the original series. So that much is canonical. And I kind of like, I like the, the slight bravado of, Hey, there are some Star Trek fans or quote unquote fans that don't believe these movies are true or don't believe that they're true Star Trek or whatever. Well, we're going to take the portion that is, in the main Star Trek timeline and use that as a launching off point to whatever degree for, you know, a story set in the 24th or 25th century. It makes sense. And one of the things that was glimpsed out of the writer's room beyond the shot where Sir Patrick was, uh, you know, in there helping to hash out the story, uh, Michael Chabon, who we'll talk about again in a little bit, he had shared, essentially a whiteboard drawing uh, that they were analyzing the quadrant and the factions as they exist, the, the power structure, if you will. So they've really thought about this and they're jumping in at a point. Um, we're going to come to understand it. You have to wonder too, will they attempt to tell some kind of two tiered storyline Will we only deal in the time frame after Picard has left, or will we flash back at all? That's an interesting question, and I think ultimately if the design of Star Trek Picard is to focus on Picard and not be a vehicle that is designed to solely do fan service or to do any fan service, maybe it's less about the service and more let's make a product that fans will enjoy, I feel like to do flashbacks then invites, oh man, look, there's, you know, uh, young Captain Geordi, not as 
old as LeVar Burton is now, but also not as young as he was at the, you know, in the movies and things like that versus if it's just Picard's tale now and if we're getting through exposition or through, you know, hollow news report or, you know, I mean, we've we've seen some some paparazzi footage of, you know, is Picard headed to uh, something at Starfleet Academy? Well, that could certainly be when... He's giving the TED talk, and that's where you get your exposition with hollow slideshow. And it doesn't need to be kind of proper, you know. All right, let's fit Sir Patrick with the the wig, or let's darken up the hair, or whatever. Or let's let's pull back the cheeks a little bit to to get rid of some of the the uh, the wrinkles. Again, I almost feel like the the focus of the show is less is more in terms of trying to capture a galaxy of Star Trek versus one man's story. Well, with that end is the beginning tagline, they're certainly leading you to believe we're going to pick up where he is and continue to move forward and only in that direction. Indeed, Pete, moving forward, I think the the theme of what, we, what, what we're getting in terms of a, a sense of direction for the series, and I think that that turns nicely into the rumor that somehow i don't know where it started but this rumor that seemed to grow 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 that uh, a publication matt it's it started with a not so recognized publication okay then that that claimed that brent spiner's time on the show was imminent and therefore it was the return of data the data that we all know and love that has in no way ever stopped being a character and data's coming and then that was like, okay, well, you know, smaller websites make claims. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes it's the Instagram shot of the Klingons. Sometimes it's completely wrong, whatever. But then, Pete, correct or incorrect as a prediction, as a call, as a rumor, was the implied response. Not the implied response, the direct response. They were made to take it down. By whom, Pete? Uh, not disclosed certainly the the implication being cbs cbs all access cbs all access pr which can be uh, i guess it's not our place to say overreaching but if we do say too much they might overreach and yell at us but th that sort of thing i feel like that took that just added a weirdness like I'm okay if you don't bring back the other characters in any capacity. I'm okay if you say, oh man, Gates McFadden on the set for a day. What does that mean? It ends up being, and she was there to take a picture, which is going to be a picture on Picard's mantle. Like, I, I kind of don't care. I'm totally open-minded. But the fact that there was pressure to take the story down, I don't know if that added credence, but it just, it made it so weird. It made it weird, Pete. The PR people behind Star Trek don't understand Star Trek and or hype. So this is a running saga, not just in general, but with us as well. And um, I mentioned Michael Chabon before. So back to that, um, he had taken a photo of his chair on the first day of shooting um, for the untitled Picard project and put it on Instagram. And then that went away the same day as that then recanted report 
that Brent Spiner not only would be reprising his role, but is currently reprising his role as Data B4, but Data D4, whatever we're going to call him. Okay, because remember, Data blew up in uh, Star Trek Nemesis. Sorry, spoiler alert after uh, how many years is it? 17? <laughs> What's next, uh, Pete? You're going to tell me that when I go see The Fellowship of the Ring that that's not a standalone movie? Come on, I'm still getting caught up on my 2001s. Yeah, don't 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 go see that either. So um, Chabon uh, on the 29th, Matt, on May 29th, uh, posted an Instagram of a completely blacked out photo. Okay. So nothing in it. And his caption reads down the bottom. I have a picture on my phone right now that would break the internet. Hashtag Star Trek Picard. I'd like you to go to Instagram and attempt to find that photo. I'm having some trouble, Pete. Because it's not there anymore. But thankfully, I screenshotted it. So basically, uh, follow Michael Chapone on Instagram and know that anything he might put up related to this project might have uh, a rather quick shelf life before the CBS All Access PR police. Um, yeah, hey, Alex, it's uh, so-and-so at uh, CBS uh, All Access. Yeah, Michael, um, he put another photo up. I think you're going to need to tell him to take that down or if they're just communicating directly with him or if this is just some strange thing that he decides to do. I'm going to put something up and then maybe he's just choosing to take it down himself with no pressure whatsoever. Pretty sure there's pressure. Ah, another day in the life of the behind-the-scenes stuff. I know that we can... Be confident about two things, though, Pete. One is that uh, the 10 episodes are being shot in blocks of two episodes apiece. They said it's not necessarily for story reasons, just kind of to make the whole process a bit more efficient. And uh, Pilot, so episode obviously 101 as well as 102, director wait, Nell. Wait, Matt, I got shouted down on Reddit that it's not a pilot. Well, I mean, it's a pilot in that it's the first episode of a series it's not a pilot in that it's like a trial run and we'll see if we want to take it to 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 market but it's certainly it's it's in the first episode that you find things that work and things that don't and you can make changes after that but yeah having, that's where having, we have discussions about oh we're gonna do this visual style or we're gonna do a lot of handheld or we're gonna do that's what's done in a pilot episode it's still called a pilot even when it's picked up. So, you know, even if it's already been picked up as if they were going to shoot a pilot for this and then, you know, shop it. So, yeah, take it from some people who know TV. It's a pilot. So block one uh, is done filming. That's the first two episodes. That's directed by Hanel M. Culpepper. And then block two, that's episodes three and four, directed by uh, young whippersnapper Jonathan Frakes. And that is underway as we record uh, it's been underway for a while, but you know the latest we've heard uh, today being June 5th, they're still working their way through block two. That very same Jonathan Frakes who uh, took to Twitter to post a picture of uh, a musical instrument and talk about or at least hint at his next assignment. Uh, well, Pete, uh, that makes me think 
that uh, I can now make a successful prediction. This show will include every cast member that I've ever loved. Pete, I'm just not talking about your main characters. I'm talking about getting back Whoopi. I'm talking about getting back Eric Muniak as We need Traveler. the barber. Okay. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mott. Yeah, yes. Pete, if, there was, if there's no Mr. Mott, I'm canceling my CBS All Access subscription. Your childhood is ruined. My, it'll be ruined. That's right. He, Pete, he was in one or two episodes and then was referred childhood to. Childhood ruined, Matt. There you go. Okay, if there's anyone cutting hair in that universe other than that blue-skinned alien, childhood equals ruined. Let's remember, we've got to temper this idea of reunions and, you know, uh, bringing people back. Will there be people back? I think it's inevitable, and I think that's the successful route to go. But like you keep saying— the idea that everybody you've ever loved is going to be coming back, you know, even Wesley. I mean, temper your expectations. This is Star Trek Picard. He's coming back. That's that's Christmas. That's the big enchilada. OK, if you get Mr. Data back, who, you know, and all deference to uh, Brent Spiner, Matt, but. You know, it's funny. I, I don't see fresh episodes of Fresh Hell that we got told all about at the Cherry Hill Star Trek convention, what, four or five years ago? Oh, by the way, check out Fresh Hell. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's a place in our hearts for the show that was, and I think that we, we've seen in Star Trek Discovery how they... If they were going to do Discovery meets Enterprise and Discovery crosses paths with uh, beloved characters from classic Trek, that could have been the first season. They chose not to, and it's not because of the you know ensuing circular bloodbath that is showrunners. Uh, Pete, last check, Michelle Paradise, still the season three showrunner, not fired yet. Knock wood uh, right there, my man. <laughs> somebody, somebody could be uh, under the guillotine right now. But, uh, you know, again, the show, I don't, know, I don't know how forward thinking they were for season two when they were putting together early drafts of the, you know, series outline, the season one outline, things like that. But they chose not to. They chose to say, we are definitely going to chart our own course. And then if it kind of circles back and then and just season two of Discovery, now we're abandoning all that for something completely new. I welcome Star Trek Picard focusing on this guy, his life now, uh, and it doesn't need to be the nostalgia tour. Pete, I got CBS All Access already. I can go back and rewatch all those Next Generation episodes. I don't have them all memorized. A couple I've never seen, and that's where I can what? get new Next Generation. I, there's and old Next, Next Generation. Generation you've never seen, Matt. There are uh, there are a couple of episodes in the second half of season seven that i have not seen and i feel like i know definitely for sure Thank god i'm sitting down i i am i am floored folks i've known matt for nine years and to hear that wow it, to me there's almost a certain level of you know it's What's like the it, deal there are you like holding them back or i, I think you it, don't it, want to check them out pete it's like it's like desmond on lost i'm not going to read this book until uh what was it till my life is coming to an end or that kind of thing or it's the the bottle of wine that you're saving for 
the big thing in the future that you don't know what it is. I think it's just to know that it's not done. I almost value more than seeing wow. it. I also remember not like absolutely loving. I, I, I feel like the show was... your restraint is one of them. The Beverly Irish ghost episode. Oh no. I've sat through Beverly Irish it, ghost. It sure. should be. You can, <laughs> can you put that on there and, and instead check out the completely hysterical masks um, I feel like I've, I mean, I've certainly, I know, I know the episode, uh, I'd have to go back and look Pete, maybe between I'd now and I'd love to know, starts, I have to yeah. find out as spoiler Pete, which ones Matt's missing and dump fake spoilers <laughs> out there, you know, like, wait, what, uh, you know, data, uh, washes spot off in the, in the galley and, you know, people are sickened by the, uh, the, the water. I do not understand why you are expelling stomach lining right now. Anyhow, um, let's let's keep things in the future. Is it the 24th century, Pete? The 25th century? No one's quite sure there, but certainly right on the cusp. Um, we saw from that, you know, the four and a half seconds of footage uh, stolen from the CBS upfronts. Uh, we saw the glimpse of at least the uniforms present in those uh in those starfleet academy scenes i think there is it doesn't even seem to be academy from what we understand it's starfleet headquarters well then that makes it all the all the more clear that a lot of people you know not referring or specifically referring to the ranks as full ranks and not kind of the uh the academy years but uh trekmovie.com had a great um I don't know, summary, visual summary of what's there. And uh, I mean, all of it basically hitting what we saw, what little that we did. But uh, Pete, it has the the popped up Mandarin collar and then the mock turtleneck with texture. A little bit of a marrying of what we saw in the Next Generation movies as well as the color scheme from Next Gen. Yeah, um, I'm not wild that they kind of went backward from what we saw in um what was it the last two right insurrection and then um nemesis might have been the last three i don't recall it it was in uh i'm sorry in uh they they did it for the first time in first contact you're right um that they would go back, that it would look something that, you know, probably would refer to the most as like the deep space nine era. Um, you know, there are, uh, there were different uniforms made for the screen for star Trek generations. They cut them from the film. That's why you see them in the, you know, long black with the colors on the top. And then you see some others in just the regular, um, next gen era uniforms you don't see anybody in a man's skirt in any of the movies hopefully matt there is someone on these sets who is wearing the man's skirt of these uniforms well i'll say this pete actually i saw a youtube video recently and apologies i don't have the name uh, handy maybe i'll tweet it out when i do or add it to the podcast description but it was you know it was like a fan-made thing talking about Star Trek uniforms, uh, Starfleet uniforms. It was kind of more of an in-universe thing. Starfleet uniforms throughout the the ages, and it was a two-parter. And 
I mean, look, we watch this from a production point of view. Why do they have this color scheme? Well, because it's evocative of Next Generation. Why is the badge maybe a little bit more like Discovery? Uh, you know, because it's made by the same people that made the Discovery thing, you know, et cetera, et cetera. This YouTube video had a really, really great take, which I have to admit I had not heard before, and it was this. The uniforms went more drab, more gray, you know, that, that as you said, Pete, the Deep Space Nine era, the, the Next Generation movie era, it went more drab because it was more of a wartime mentality, whether they were at war or not. Between the Borg attack, between the Dominion War, Starfleet went more military than exploration. And now that that threat has gone and they're back to just getting out there, making friends in the stars, that's when the colors come back. And they, they kind of echoed that. That was a thesis throughout the whole thing, you know, which is in tougher times, it's more rigid and it's the uh, classic Trek movie. You know, everybody's in red because times are really tough with the Klingons. And then you get to relax and then we go to colors for next generation and things get bad and you go back to the grays. And I, I really love that as an in-universe explanation. Yeah. And I think, again, you're selling a certain amount of nostalgia, but at the same time, I mean, what, what other TV show were we paying attention to uniforms? Uh, not Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> they wear uniforms. Um, Did you know, and, Pete, that there are actually Grey's Anatomy branded scrubs that people in the medical profession can buy? I believe it. I believe it. Um, so those people but, are paying attention, but otherwise, please continue. Yeah, but the but the the cosplay and the you know the costumes and there's even people who just like to wear this stuff around their their homes and and you know what that's that's great. Uh, it, it's not our cup of tea, but we always appreciate seeing the cosplay at the various conventions that we attend. Um, and there's tremendous eye for detail when it when it comes to this stuff. Um, do we know if Gersha Phillips is behind the costuming for uh, Picard? Pete, currently on IMDb, and I say currently because sometimes, particularly far out, uh, the credits can be wrong, but currently the Star Trek Picard uh, costume designer is credited as Christine Bicelin Clark. Uh, she, uh, been, having been in the industry for about the last 20 years, uh, the big thing that jumps out at me is Tron Legacy, the co-costume designer. Also, All right. There's some, some serious cred there. I mean, it's not Gersha Phillips and what she's done with Star Trek Discovery. And if you're not a fan, you need to be, um, they just did a display at the Paley Center in LA. They had the Red Angel. They had, you know, a bunch of the uniforms. They had, uh, Saru's boots. Um, those, those just awesomely designed, uh, costume elements, you know, you're on one show. It's difficult to be on two. Pete, she also, uh, did costumes for a show that ultimately we did not see. Uh, she was the costume person for the pilot episode of Marvel's most wanted, which did not go to series and whose footage has never been seen by Matt. Uh, but bottom line, Pete returning here squarely to the Star Trek Picard, uh, Starfleet uniforms. I feel like from the little that's been seen and, and what has been extrapolated from there, uh, I like the look. I think ranks on the, uh, ranks on the chest makes a bit more sense than on the neck, just in terms of glancing at someone, you know, kind of in universe to determine what their rank is. 
Uh, I love the return of the bright, bold color. I think doing it kind of in the in the shoulder with that kind of reverse, you know, that early D Space Nine era aesthetic more so than, as Jonathan Frakes calls it, the space suit. I think that makes a bit more sense in terms of looking more like a uniform and less for something that's meant to play on your, you know, Saturday evening TV in the nineties. And to me, it all looks good. It's practical. It's evocative. Just give me this star Trek, Matt. Well, we're getting there, Pete, you know, step-by-step step, day by day, it gets closer to the, the fall release. Uh, where that's Pete, we have one of four months, September, October, November, December, presumably is when it's going to drop um, those 10 episodes and uh, certainly looking forward to it. Of course, Pete, our whole podcast journey for Star Trek Picard made possible by the people who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content. There's all sorts of levels to pick from, but it just takes a dollar to get you in the door. And that, of course, continuing to let us be not only listener-supported, but sustain the podcast, the back catalog, the future endeavors, etc. Heck, Pete, future endeavors like Star Trek Picard, so our thanks as always. But Pete, how can people be in touch with you to talk about Star Trek Picard? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R-10,000. 513 followers can't be wrong and while i'm personally on twitter as looking back lost do be in touch with the podcast comment on fantasticgeek.com check us out on twitter on instagram on gmail where we are fantastic geek as well but wait Pete, there's more facebook.com slash fantastic geek all one word with the ph like it today well pete who knows when we will talk star trek picard again probably there's going to be major show news tomorrow since we're recording <laughs> today that seems to be our luck um but as news warrants we will certainly be back to talk more about star trek picard with that pete i will say bon nuit to you and all our listeners and give you the final word the end is only the beginning